the IBM Cloud Podcast, coming to you every show with information about new capabilities and releases. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the IBM Cloud Podcast. We are hosts from the offerings team here at IBM Cloud. My name is Ian Lynch. And this is Steve Choquette. And Ian, we're back. We are, Steve. It's about time. So guys, we've decided to bring you guys something a little different. So each each of the previous weeks that we've put out episodes, we've actually covered different topics right across IBM Cloud from all the different spectrums. But what we've actually decided to do now for the next couple of weeks is a more focused approach. So in fact, in the next six to seven episodes, what we're going to do is actually cover one overarching topic. And as you can tell from the episode title, it's everything about Cloud Native. So in the next six or seven weeks, stay tuned and of course subscribe, and we will dive into the one of the hottest topics out there at the moment, Cloud Native. So myself and Steve never like to disappoint, and as always, we bring in some of the best minds in the industry, and of course, today is no exception. So our guest on the show today, guys, is the awesome Brianna Frank, and to be honest, guys, I can't think of anyone better to be here on the show today to talk us through a really high-level overview of what actually is Cloud Native. So Brianna, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to come to the Steve and Ian show, so thank you. <laughs> so Brianna, I'm going to start off with a wicked difficult question, and it's more so, as I said there, what is Cloud Native? Can you tell us a little bit about it? Oh, that's such a great question, and I get that a lot. Uh, you know, I think it's a, a term that some people use you know, all the time, and some folks kind of scratch their head when they hear it, but really at the net, it's just about building great products faster. And in order to do that, you need to exploit all the advantages of cloud computing. And, you know, that's new technologies like Kubernetes and microservices, microservice meshes like Istio and all the automation and DevOps tools that go into building great products at a faster pace. So what is it about cloud native that makes it, e well, actually, let me ask it a different way. Is it easier to innovate with cloud native than uh, say a cloud enabled app and you know you gave a couple examples of why maybe but I'm going to ask you again and why might it be true easier to, to innovate? I think that's a great question and and innovation is a big part of cloud native you know it's probably the most important reason why you'd want to you know build a cloud native application and when I think of innovation I sometimes think of a big unicorn startup you know like Uber or um, Airbnb but really, I, what I hear from my clients is it's not about one big innovation or one big idea. It's about consistent, continuous delivery of innovation. And one of my favorite examples of that, and I think we can all relate, is the airline industry. And I, I, I give an example. Last year, I went on vacation to the Caribbean with my family. I have two kids and a husband. And you know, I'm checking in with the airline app. And lo and behold, they had this wonderful uh, feature, which was a passport scanning feature. And it allowed me to check in my whole family into the app and use you know, the boarding passes in my, in my phone, and I could just swipe and, and um, board the plane for, with everybody's boarding pass in my phone. And it was so incredibly convenient. And I thought, gosh, this is amazing. And it saved me so much time. I didn't even know it existed. On the way home, I flew a different airline, and they didn't have passport scanning. Now, a week ago, I, I didn't even know passport scanning existed, and now I can't live without it, basically. And I thought that was so interesting because this feature is, you know, I had to by hand type in everybody's passport number, their name, their middle name, all of this information, um, which was very time consuming. And so I thought, gosh, that's, you know, I can't believe this airline doesn't have passport scanning. 
And then the next week I happened to have flown um, that same airline, but for work. And I happened to go to Europe and sure enough, they had passport scanning. And I couldn't believe how quickly everybody is having to, you know, kind of catch up with each other in the industry. And these are, you know, they seem like small things, but they're pushing out new very pivotal changes on a daily, if not weekly basis. And, you know, in that same time period, I noticed that there was new features around my checked bag and alerts as to which baggage claim carol carousel it was, it was, it landed in. And I think that, you know, we kind of take for granted how much innovation is happening at such a, you know, incredible pace. And that's really what all of our clients are trying to get to today is that rate and pace of innovation on a daily continuous basis. So let's pretend then that Ian actually owns this cheaper airline and I want to innovate and I want to get up to speed with all the rest that the guys are doing. I build my app, I do everything that I need to do. And then I want to grow it out, Brianna. So let's talk about how difficult it is to scale and maybe even add in resiliency into it as well. That's a great question and, and a wonderful kind of proof point around cloud native. And one of the examples I like to use is actually kind of switching gears is the weather industry. And um, as you may know, uh, weather.com and wonderground.com runs on the IBM Cloud Kubernetes service. And we made that switch last year, last summer, and it, we happened to make the switch a few days before Hurricane Florence hit the East Coast. Ooh. You know, in hindsight, in, yeah, I know. In hindsight, is 2020. Maybe we shouldn't have made that choice, you know, a in the middle of hurricane season. But, you know, we didn't think about that. And we made the technology switch. And sure enough, Hurricane Florence forms in the Atlantic and it starts barreling towards the East Coast. And the amount of hits that we received on weather.com was just astronomical. We had something like 50 million hits in one day. And that kind of scale is just really hard to reproduce in a on-prem or, you know, um, a traditional environment. And with cloud, you don't have to plan ahead. And, um, you know, that would have taken you months. That would have taken so much money to sort of pre-provision all of the, the systems and servers and infrastructure needed to support that kind of scale. And with cloud, you can scale up and scale down as you're, as it's needed with no real um real uh, advanced notice. So that was a, a really interesting example, I think, of why you want scale. And it was kind of neat on a personal level because Hurricane Florence did hit North Carolina. That's that's where I live. And it's kind of nice to be part of, you know, helping people get the information that might keep them safer. Oh, good deal. Yeah, I live in North Carolina as well. And so it makes sense. Uh, Ian, you actually already do fly on that cheap airline. You have to pay for both sides of your seatbelt. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, so, um, so now we know that it can scale. How do we know that it's going to be there at all? I mean, what about like the availability of, of a cloud native app? Is there something unique that cloud native brings? Absolutely. And I think that, uh, uh, one of the, one of my favorite clients, um, is Maersk and they actually are in the shipping business. And one of the things I've learned about the shipping business is 90% of the goods in the world actually you know, get transported in a shipping container and a new ship goes into a port of call every 15 minutes, something like 300 million pricing quotes happen every month and 39,000 bookings happen every day. So in the shipping industry, you can't afford to be down, not even for a second, because there's so there's huge implications 
from an economy perspective um, and so much chaos that would ensue if, if, if you had some sort of outage. And so Maersk has what's called an always-on architecture. And, you know, they are able to, they use what's called a multi-zone regions. So they have failovers. And if one data center has an incident and goes down, they wouldn't even notice because their data would stay running based on the other data center. So it's really interesting the kinds of architectures that you can um, invent using cloud-native technologies. Yeah, these days you can't afford to be down even a second. It, Ian and I actually saw a lot of those boats when we were in Singapore. They all looked like they were lined up in the harbor ready to come in. So, yeah, it makes sense. So one more question. Um, so many people talk about security related to, you know, being out in a public cloud and, oh, everybody's going to see all my stuff and, you know, there'll be crosstalk and, hey, you guys share this with everybody anyway. I mean, what is unique about the way we do uh, cloud uh, well, the way we allow our clients to build cloud native apps, Brianna? That's a great question. And one of the neat things about IBM is that we use our own internal workloads as guinea pigs. So one of the one of our greatest internal clients is Watson. And so they have pretty stringent and high um, uh, level of requirements. And one of the things that they require is bare metal, containers. Um, and so that provides us a, a increased level of isolation. And we're the only cloud provider that actually offers that. And um, we found that many of our clients really have taken advantage of that level of, you know, hardware isolation um, for security reasons. But I think also compliance is because Becoming more and more important. And we have a, a client called Eurobits. And, you know, they were able to get get through some of their compliance and country regulation, uh, um, uh, I guess, challenges through using IBM Cloud in data centers that are within a specific country so they can isolate their data in a specific region. And I really think that cloud, uh, the future of cloud, especially worldwide global cloud, is really going to start to move to be more and more compliant and more and more secure. And it's really interesting what we can do to make data kind of fence off data and to make it more isolated and more secure. So already lots of neat things happening, but I feel like that's kind of where the future is headed. So Brianna, before I ask you where I can kind of get my hands on this, I want to ask you more of a, I guess it's more of a personal question, right? We talked around the weather company. We talked around, sorry, we talked around weather data. We talked around shipping and different examples that you've brought to us around that are using cloud native. But what has really hit home? Can you give me some type of examples where you've seen maybe something small that's maybe you wouldn't think as part of your everyday life, but it actually is where we've seen clients or we've seen users or different use cases of cloud native? Something that's more personal to Brianna. Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I think that, um, you know, bringing in uh tech different technologies that you might not be an expert in. So, for example, um, we did a I like to be involved in sort of hackathons and um, any type of, uh, I, I'm always, I have a couple of patents, you know, with, with some of my team members. So I always like coming up with new ideas. And I think that it's, what's interesting is with cloud native, especially a, a, tech, a, a, a cloud like IBM, you can kind of string together different technologies that you may or may not be an expert in. So you can consume and use technologies like blockchain or Watson, even if you aren't a uh, an expert in them. And one of my favorite examples, and I can't say that I did this personally, but someone did it, 
uh, and I don't think they were an IBM um, employee, but they 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 created this app using Watson um, speech to text that um, listened in for their name on a conference call, and they it basically allowed them to sleep in for an extra hour. And if someone said their name, it would it would kind of call their their personal phone and sort of wake them up. And I thought that was such a hilarious you know use case, but. It just goes to show you that, you know, you don't have to be an expert in AI or blockchain and you can kind of string together these neat sort of use cases, whatever they might be, whether they're kind of serious, like preventing damage from a hurricane or more, you know, trivial or fun, like, you know, sleeping in for an extra 30 minutes. It feels very Ferris Bueller day, day, day off kind of uh, a genre to me. Yeah, well, I can almost... In this Sorry, Steve, but the speed of way you can do something like that as well, like a hackathon is not something that's, you know, a project that lasts over a couple of months. It's sometimes a weekend or a day to be able to implement something so quick and, as you're saying, make it scalable and make it do what it's supposed to do. It's fantastic. Yeah, I see that a lot with, um, we actually have a, um, a contest called Call for Code where we use code for the greater good. And we've done a couple of really neat things where, you know, uh, we're using uh, development techniques to kind of solve pressing global problems. And I think that's really, that starts to really be kind of an interesting space is when you can go and invent something brand new without even having to be a complete expert in something like blockchain or AI. So um, I think that, that that kind of makes it very attainable for everyone. So before we wrap up, Brianna, if I'm a current IBM customer at the moment or a user, where do I go? And if I have heard of this for the first time and maybe want to sign up to get my hands a little bit dirty, can you tell us where we can go and find all this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, going to just going to the IBM, going to IBM.com and kind of getting started is 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 easy. We have all kinds of starter kits and you can kind of um, play around and you might want to build, you know, chatbot or, or something of that nature if you're just a person kind of wanting to do something for yourself a lot of times though i hear it's most of my you know the clients that i talk to are more business or enterprise and they're kind of trying to figure out how to organize their teams and really conquer mission critical uh workloads and how do they how do they keep them secure and compliant and and i think those kinds of questions are where we really um we really uh that's kind of the, our bread and butter. That's really kind of the the complexity is where we really shine. And I really get a lot of joy from helping our clients figure out how they're going to organize and how their culture of, um, you know, their teams and how do you kind of create this culture of con continuous innovation where you're innovating every single day. And, you know, even within my, my team, um, we have services that update um, to production as many as 40 to 100 times a day. And so, of course, you need tools and automation to make that happen, but you also need a sort of culture, uh, a different kind of culture where you're constantly striving for something new. And um, and that, that also has to do with, you know, the way that you're organized and the way that you communicate and the tools you use. So all that kind of stuff is so incredibly fascinating to me. Um, and I like to be on teams that are really aggressive about, you know, heading to the new thing, right? So let's hope that people that head across and actually get their hands dirty, whether they're using it for something good and not trying to find an extra error in bed. But you know what? That <laughs> I, would, I, I don't know if that's such good. a bad thing. I like it's that. not, no. I think everybody in IBM would like that. <laughs> so, Brianna, it was wicked informative having you on the call today. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, it was great having you. And Thank I know you. over the next couple of episodes, we're going to have you back on again. So you're going to be quite the regular on the show. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so honored. Thanks, everybody. 
Yeah, and from guys, for myself and Steve, as always, thanks for joining in. And don't forget, the next episode is coming up next week where we talk about the lessons learned that we've got from running Kubernetes in production. But as usual, for myself and Steve, guys, and of course, Brianna, thanks for joining in. See you next time on the IBM Cloud Podcast. <laughs>